it's a new chapter in Black Ball this week in the sense that we are interviewing people that I like to say are sort of nibbling the edges of the cult. They're not exactly member. They're not members, uh, but they have had dealings with the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. Uh, we had on Victoria, or sorry, Emily Victoria the other day. She dated a cult member. Uh, we also had on um, Mike Moore yesterday, actually, and Mike Moore is a person who was part of the Plymouth Brethren, but not the sect that we deal with, the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. He, he It was a more lighter version, but there is still cult-like activities that happen in that as well, and we're just trying to sort of get a more full picture idea of what this organization is like through the lens of people that have had dealings with them. So would you please welcome to the show today, she used to work for a Plymouth Brethren Christian Church owned company, part of the UBT syndicate network. I don't know what they would call it. Um, and her name is Floss. Floss, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing okay. You, when we talked, I, and, and I saw a bit of your appearance on the Get a Life podcast. For those who don't know, the Get a Life podcast is a podcast that's hosted by ex-members of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, including, um, I think I've interviewed all of them here on Blackwald. But the uh, it was really interesting because there is a network of companies owned by the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church uh, known as the UBT. What does the UBT stand for? I don't even know what it's. Do you know what it stands for? Universal yeah. something something. Yeah, Universal Business Team. So it's basically the it's like like the cult head office. That's where they everything goes through there. Okay, and you're in Australia. Yes. Okay, so first of all, how did you get this job? Where was it, and what was the interview process like? Um, surprisingly, it was really normal. Um, so I, I just applied for a job through a recruitment agency. They gave me a call and said, you know, uh, we've got this role. Are you interested? And I said, yeah, sure. I'll go for an interview. And um, she, all she said was, are you happy working for an organization that are predominantly um, conservative Christian? And I said, oh, that's fine, but I'm not religious. Does that matter? And she said, no, not at all. That that they're, they're not, you know, looking. They're not looking to, you know, recruit anyone for the Lord. It's it's more just a, a role. And so I thought, great. And then I went for one interview with who would turn out to be my uh, future boss. And and I he was kind of mentioning that it was a a. Uh, that they were all predominantly conservative Christian. And then he said, oh, but we are not a cult. And I just remember thinking, <laughs> okay, so you are. That's yeah. cool. Let's <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> and what kind of company was it? Um, so they uh, look after um, all of the schooling. So the, the Plymouth Brethren have got their own schools. So that, that it was basically like the school head office was there. They also did... Um, so with the brethren, obviously you can't have, you know, social media, you're blocked off from most of the internet. So they change all their phones, their laptops, their cars. So they take the radios out of the cars and make sure that you can't access anything that you shouldn't even in their vehicles. Um, so they did all of that. They looked after finances. They look after all of the events um, that they had. So whether they were just business events, like networking events or, you know, how to, pill for money from the 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 non-brethren people basically 
and and so being a person that is first of all in the interview when they were like we're not a cult and how do you feel about working for uh conservative christians i don't know if i would be able to hide from my face my absolute contempt of of of, 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 you know what i mean like it's it's because it feels like they they i mean i don't know what the labor laws are like in australia in Canada, that might be a gray area, but it feels like there would be an argument for like, why would you even bring up religion during a a job interview? Did it make yeah. you feel uncomfortable or or just awkward, or were you just like, this is kind of weird, or how did you feel about that? Yeah, I thought I felt really strange, um, only because I was like, I don't really care if you're religious. I don't like oh are we just doing a job here? Is it like, you don't need to tell me about that. But then on like on the flip side, you know, we have a lot of companies in Australia that are, um, you know, run by, you know, like the churches and stuff like that. And, and there are some companies where you, they prefer you to be of that religion. And it's, and my understanding around that is purely because they are, you know, you're kind of working within a, a, a Catholic school or like a Catholic group where they would want, you know, for you to be able to relate um, to, you know, other people within within that, you know, kind of religious community. But it's kind of usually put in the job ad, you know, this is, mm. you know, we've got this Catholic school and we prefer you to be of the Catholic religion. So you kind of just go, okay, well, that's definitely not me. So (laughs) you kind of move along. But I thought, I think I was more weirded out by the fact that he said, well, this is not a cult. I'm like, if you have to tell me that, then there's. Hi, my my, my name is James and I, and I don't beat my wife. I just like to let everyone know that. Like it just seems like, you know, that guy probably beats his wife, right? Like, yeah, you know. Are do you have and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but it just popped in my head. Are you a religious person? Uh, no. So I used to be when I was younger in my you know search to figure out who I was. Um, I uh, used to be Christian and I was you know I was really into it. Got baptized and then uh, the day that I got baptized, uh, I never went back to church after that. I was like, you know what, not. Nah, it's not really me. It's not. There are is it some because things water that went up, is, it, is it because water went up your nose? Is that? Is <laughs> no, I think it was because I just thought like, you know, this is, none of this is really making sense. And when I've got questions, like, you know, there's a lot of contradictions in the Bible, which I've read and mm. no one would give me answers on the contradictions. So I just thought, okay, well, if you can't answer this, I'm out because I'm just going to be pissed off the whole time because I don't understand what the truth is here. So it was, you know, I mean, no disrespect to anyone who's religious. And if you have your faith, that's fantastic. It's just not for me. No, and I totally understand that. It's, 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 uh, it's a weird, and it's a classic story too. the whole uh, asking questions about your holy book, but no matter what the religion is and whether or not there are contradictions and, and things like that. When, when I remember the first time that I heard, uh, someone referencing the Bible by saying that it's open to interpretation. I was just like, really? Like, doesn't that create a lot of problems? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I almost have more respect for In fact, um, yesterday, Mike Moore, the guest that I had, uh, he mentioned Christopher Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens was a public intellectual and a journalist who was also a really staunch atheist, uh, you know, uh, very outspoken. 
um, very articulate. But he he once said that he, um, I don't remember the person that he debated, but he, it, it was a pastor. And he was like, I have more respect for the pastor that takes the word of the Bible literally than I do of the religious leader that bends the context and definitions and meanings of certain parables and, and, and sections of the Bible, because at least you can respect the guy that owns it. Right. Like, yes. but the guy, the guy that kind of bends and twists seems more like a grifter, you know, like it's a little, yeah. there's a big difference. So what job were you hired for? What was your position? Uh, so I was a business development coordinator. Um, so my role was to support um, my manager and our business unit with, um, so we had a lot of brethren companies worldwide. So they would actually travel to us and we would uh, we were partnering, partnering with another um, company um, that looked at, um, you know, finances in a business and we mm -hmm. would... Um, bring them in and have these, you know, three-day workshops to learn how to where their business stood financially and how to make it grow. Um, so that was one half of what I was doing, and then the other half was all of the events, planning all of the events. The the events for a school or for. Uh, no, they were so they were business events. Um, there okay. was one. Um, there was one event that the brethren have yearly. I mean, I don't know what it would be like now, um, especially with COVID, but they did have one event yearly where they would all come together all in a big stadium and uh, Lord only knows what happened in there because, of course, we weren't allowed to be in there. We weren't even allowed to be in the business ones. Like that's we're, we're banned from those things, I, I believe, because it's it's part business stuff and then you know part you know church meeting or whatever they discuss was, in there that was one of the cool takeaways uh, of our initial brief conversation that we had uh, a couple of days ago which was that you're basically tasked with organizing an event that you're not allowed to go to yes like that is that is batshit <laughs> but but you had a really good re you had a really good response because i think i asked you you know, like, why wouldn't they hire someone uh, inside the cult in order to do that job? And and your answer was was obvious. I, I mean, it, it seemed obvious to me once you said it. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. They don't have the skill set to be able to do that because of how yeah. sheltered they are. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't. That's that's why they started hiring people from outside of their community. And there were some people that would, were OK with it. And there were definitely some predominantly the men would be were really pissed off about it because they don't want worldly people coming in and especially worldly women like I mean, women are already within the community like women are pretty low um but then of course when you bring in a worldly woman um it kind of goes downhill from there and they get you they're visibly offended just by looking at you like it's so you know do you think that um and i'll, I'll try to word this in the right way because i don't i'm not trying to be a funny person but do you think that um is there like a a, a vein inside plymouth brethren men that find worldly women to be kind of like temptation? 
Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. they don't want they don't want the Eve with the apple hanging around kind of thing, you know, or Mary Magdalene or whatever the fuck they want to they, they want to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I was I was at work called a whore multiple times, as if it was like a normal thing to say to someone. What? Um, and they were explaining to me that you know, worldly women are whores because they don't follow the words; they're not pure. And I was kind of standing there looking at them thinking like, fuck, you can't say that to me. Like, that's not an okay thing to say. Well, we're in a work setting for one. And two, if we were at a bar, I would have punched you in the face. Yeah. But it was, to them, it was just, you know, that's just who you are and that's how we see you and you just have to be okay with it. Like, so I so think that, you know, when, they, when they're looking at like worldly women, I mean, they're looking at us as if we're whores and one, nothing wrong if you are, but two, like well, I kind of like whores. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> as, yeah, it's really strange. And I don't know, you know, they always made comments about the fact that the only, um, you know, brethren women are, are beautiful. And so I don't know exactly if we were, if we were seen as a temptation or if we were just seen as basically the devil with a dress walking in. Can you give me an idea of what a day in the life was like for you? Like, do you like, give me, give me, give me some stories. I I, I know you talked about some of the stuff on, on the get a life podcast. Um, I skimmed through it. As I told you, I'm pretty open about this stuff. When, when someone appears on the get a life podcast, I never watch it from beginning to end. And that's not, not to knock the get a life podcast. It's a brilliant podcast, but um, I like to to sort of do things a little bit more conversationally. So I don't have any real um, tidbits to pick off that tree to ask you about. So uh, as if I've never heard of you or, or, or anything that you've been through, give me an idea of, of a day in the life of someone, a worldly woman working in for a cult company. Uh, sure. Uh, so um, we were... Um, despite the fact that we we were not part of the the you know religion, um, we were we had to dress a certain way. Um, so it was always skirts or a dress had to be you know below the knee. We had to wear stockings, high necks, and I had to have long sleeves. So I've got tattoos on on my arms. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had to be you know hidden away, um, really like dull colors. Um, next to no makeup like you really just had to be super plain so I would dress up the total opposite to who I was on a day-to-day basis and then um I'd go and casually have a panic attack in my car before walking into the office and um once we were once we were in there you typically didn't you know some some people would say good morning. Most people wouldn't. I would usually sit with. So we had like a hot desking situation, so you could sit anywhere. But um, we usually chose. Well, me and and some of the other worldly people would all kind of sit together um, to work. And then it was just you know going through emails, making sure that when we're sending emails, we're speaking appropriately. So no, hi, hey, uh, how's it going? It was hello, and you know yeah. really formal. Um, and and um, so yeah, so we just kind of put our heads down, do our jobs, and then we would go. They had a they had a um, like a kitchen and a and a dining room. So at lunchtime, we would all go upstairs and sit in our separate areas because we can't share food together. And then we'd um, go back downstairs and finish the afternoon, and then get the hell out of there, <laughs> ready to do it again the next day. <laughs> 
and and so but was there any harassment on on the part of any of these people like like did you get sexually harassed or did you get like you know abused uh verbally like i mean people called you whores i mean so so obviously there was some sort of abuse yeah that was so there was there. there was definitely um verbal abuse um and you know like snide little comments um you know, like I, I remember because I, I had a lot of questions. So I would be, you know, I'd be asking, you know, the brethren people, I mean, who who I had formed somewhat of a professional relationship with, I would be asking them questions about, you know, what they're, what they were allowed to do, what they weren't allowed to do, and kind of trying to get an understanding of what their worlds were like and um what their kind of beliefs were and I mean I was told like I remember one day I'm like my boss saying to me oh um you know so when the rapture comes we're all gonna go to you know go to heaven and and um you're gonna burn in hell and I was like oh shit okay and um and he just said you know like you're all going to and 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 we're glad about it that's what should be happening and I was just standing there going oh Jesus okay like that's that's you know like they're, they're hardcore things to say but they don't see them as a hardcore thing to say like I don't just go and tell someone that they're going to burn in hell and I'm going to be stoked about it. Like that's not how, that's not how you speak to people. But they were, yeah, they were big on making comments about our lives and how shit they were basically. Like, you know, I was living with my partner out of wedlock, like instantly a whore. I had tattoos and, um, you know, they're horrific. You can't have anything on your skin which I didn't know that they took as seriously as they did because when we moved into, so we ended up moving into the new office and they had a lot of um, large like canvas photos and images. And in one of them, there was, um, it was just like essentially people sitting, I think it was on a street in Melbourne and there's all the cafes. And um, there was a woman who was sitting in the picture with her you know you could see her back but she had tattoos down her arms and someone had taken the you know the effort to just get a sharpie and literally just scribble it out so she just had like a big black block on her arm and I remember that some people had picked up on it and they all knew that I had tattoos and they're like you've got to go down and look at this picture and I remember cracking up thinking you are so offended by something that isn't going to hurt you that you're you're having to like scratch it off and and scribble it off like a like a an image it's wild my 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 tinder profile like says that my preferences are tattooed chicks that are living with a partner out of wedlock so i I mean there's still hope (laughs) (laughs) there's still hope um so i heard i heard through the grapevine that you um also had a couple meetings with this man, the esteemed yeah, leader of the Plymouth Brethren crazy cult, Bruce Hales. What yeah. contacts did you ever have to meet that man? And and what was that like? Well, he was one of the lovely gentlemen that called me a whore. Um, and so he uh, he actually came. Uh, I, I met I only met him a couple of times once in our in our office when we had just moved. And of course, they wanted to show him his 
empire um, in business form. Um, Sorry, so the way you said of, that, I thought you were going to say something yeah. else. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to show me his big empire. I was like, okay, he's just yeah. tiny, sad little empire. Um, <laughs> and and then I met him at, at an event, which is which is when I, I was standing with him, and it it was honestly surprising that he was standing with me but I was putting up the stands for all of that they had a whole heap of pamphlets and stuff and I was kind of putting it all together um and just making sure that it looked okay and and he was speaking to my manager at the time um and they just kind of came to have a look so we ended up in a in a conversation and he was not a pleasant man I mean he's I mean, you, all you have to do is Google him and you can see that there's not a lot of good things going his way. Um, but, you know, to, to also be in in the presence of someone who is so, you know, widely respected by the brethren people, I mean, that like that, that's their God essentially. Like he is just speaking, you know, God's word directly from God. Um, and I just thought, like, you're a creep. Like, he gave me creepy vibes. Um, How, what what, what and, was the sentence that he said to you? Like, like, like when he called you that name? Like, what, what, what was what was happening at that point? Uh, all of the brethren women were starting to arrive, and um, that my boss and him were having a conversation about um, how beautiful and pure. Um, brethren women were and I just didn't understand the context of, of of being a pure woman so I was just asking the question and he had explained well because they they follow um you know the the Lord's words so beautifully and eloquently they're so beautiful and pure um unlike worldly women like yourselves who are whores and I was like sick cool <laughs> <laughs> was that your honestly what was your reaction so I'm, uh, laughing I, I, because, I'm laughing because sorry to cut you off, but I'm laughing because you strike me as a person who is able to take situations like that and sort of like react more like a spectator where you smile rather than get all offended. But but even though it's really oh, offensive, yeah, no. even though it's super offensive. Yeah, no, I, I most of the time I reckon I probably just had this dumbfounded look on my face for the entire year and a half that I was working there. And then I would just kind of get in the car and just go, what? the fuck was that like <laughs> what is happening here and then I would just be like you know things are said to you and they're said so freely and so openly that is that you know uh, can either be really offensive really damaging and because it's kind of so not normal when it's said to me I was just like huh yeah like oh, oh, oh okay and then I just kind of be like all right, and then just walk away and just go, like, what on earth was that? Okay, I'll be your whore. Like, I don't know. Like, it would make me. It, 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 I don't know. I, I'm fr I'm not a woman. I don't know what I would do in that situation. But there's a part of me that feels like I would try to blow the really like tame looking guy down the hallway because just just to pollute that organization as much as i possibly could right like yeah don't take my advice <laughs> trust me i'm sure you handled it a lot far better far better than i would have um okay so you were with the company for a year and a half yeah so how did you first of all how did you last that long 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out, to, to be honest. I, You know, it didn't all happen. It didn't all happen at once. It certainly wasn't you walk in the door and your life is ruined. Mm. It was, you know, everyone was kind. And because we, you know, us worldly people were only just starting to, to work with them, everyone was really, like, everyone was really quiet. Everyone was kind of not sure what to do. I mean, like... For, for for us, it was kind of strange because we were kind of finding out about these people, whereas for them it was strange because they were having to be with worldly people all day, every day in a work setting. And so it kind of took a while for things to kind of get to the point where there was more comfort in being themselves, essentially. Um, but, you know, I... I I like, you know, they paid well. So I was like, well, I've got, you know, I've got rent to pay. I've got a family to feed. So I'm just going to, you know, every workplace has its, has its downsides. Um, But, you know, when the downsides started to really not only outweigh the good side, but to, to affect me, you know, physically and mentally, like I started getting really sick. I was really anxious. That was when I was like, I've got to do, I've got to get out of here. I've got to do something else. Um, and yeah, and I, I was really stoked to, uh, to finally give them my resignation and leave because I thought I can't, I'm destroying myself being here. And it's sad because these people have no idea how damaging they are to other people, but also how damaging they are to themselves. So you have kids? Uh, I'm a stepmom. Oh, yeah. Stepmom. Nice. Um, and did, yeah. was there ever any company events where worldly and uh uh cult members were able to intermingle if not eat obviously together but like were there any corporate events where you could bring your families or was that just nothing that you would ever do oh no 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 they don't want to know your families (laughs) they're never gonna do that that was like the worst question i've ever asked on blackball as soon as it came out of my mouth i'm like what the fuck are you doing you've been fucking studying this goddamn organization for a year and a half you should know by now that they don't give a shit about that. Um, tell me about when the cops showed up at your office. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, to give you an idea, so the office is at um, is at Sydney Olympic Park, which is where we held the Olympics in 2000. Um, and so there's kind of constantly stuff going on there. There's always, you know, events and there's a lot of businesses that are in there. Is that right beside um, so the Opera House there? No, no, the Opera House is in the city. Oh, okay. I thought you said Sydney. Didn't know what you said? Uh, Sydney Olympic Park. Oh, okay. So it's, My bad. it's, um, yeah. So it's, it's probably about maybe 40 minutes from, okay. you know, the Harbour Bridge and the, and the Opera House. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of more west. Um, so there's police kind of around all the time. You don't really question it. Um, but we questioned it just a little bit um, when there was a bunch of them just in the lobby of the building and and me one of the women that i was working with we'd we'd gone for a walk on our lunch break and just come back to just police everywhere and we're just looking at each other thinking oh like you know has there been an accident has there been a fire like we certainly weren't thinking that it was going to to you know be something to do with our workplace Mm. um and the police were there to investigate um 
some of the elders on, you know, child molestation um, crimes and like I, I had to pack up and leave. I couldn't, I couldn't handle something like that. I just thought these people are disgusting. Um, and the fact that they're having to show up at the workplace. Um, I thought, I thought one thing that was really good was about the police showing up was that there was somebody within the Brethren who was, you know, brave enough to, to seek um, some help. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's a big scramble in the office to, to, you know, make it seem like it was kind of, you know, nothing and the worldly people are just out to get us. And when I thought about it more, I thought, God, you sit there and you're so offended by something like a tattoo, um, so much so that you'll make comments to someone who's got them or you'll scratch them out of an image, but you seem to have no issues with, you know, assaulting children and assaulting women and, you know, uh, assaulting anyone in there. That's okay, but God forbid if you get a little love heart tattoo on you, like that's it, you've got to hell, burn there forever. Yeah, I've heard stories about like that, and and your the the one that you just conveyed sounds, uh, unfortunately familiar. Where they almost like mobilize, like like oh someone's coming after one of our brothers, time to mobilize. Yeah, and we'll we'll put up a firewall even if it's about pedophilia because that's our brother. And we recognize the authority of how we interpret the Bible over the laws of Australia. Yeah. Um, how long before? How long after that? Were you, did you leave the Did you leave the job? Uh, I don't think I was there. I think I had actually already put my resignation. So I, I put in a four week, gave a four week notice period, and I think I was probably only there for maybe a week or two afterwards. But I I found it really hard then to go back into work and kind of finish out that period because I was like, I kind of already had some idea that there was, you know, a lot of, like there was abuse going on. I mean, they're insanely racist, insanely homophobic, insanely misogynistic, and they're so open about it. And so, you know, it, it's not a far stretch to say that they're, you know, abusing people and it certainly wasn't a far stretch to, to think that they were doing that to children as well. But when it became like a glaring reality, when police are showing up mm-hmm. to, you know, investigate these men that I work in an office with, I was just like, this is, this is like just way too much. It's so overwhelming because you just, I, all I did was just one, I was absolutely horrified and disgusted, but two, I just felt so sad that it's a, it's a, it's a thing that they just brush under the rug because they, you know, the men can just do what they want and we just have to deal with it. Do you know if any of those um, charges led to convictions? No. No. So I did look it up. I did kind of keep keep um, an eye out because I was really interested and really hopeful that somebody would face some kind of consequence and nothing ever came up. And so whether they have been convicted or not, it's certainly been kept, kept out of, you know, the public's eye. Mm. So what did that experience then, um, what did you leave with? Like, you know, you, you, again, you strike me, I, 
a trauma. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I was actually going to say the opposite of that. But I, I'm sure there were some traumatic experiences, but again, you seem to have a sort of disposition that is, um, uh, that that is beneficial to have in a, in a job like that. Like if you you don't seem timid, you know. Like um, you got sleeve tattoos, you know. Like you're probably a little bit tough. Yeah. You know what I mean. But but <laughs> but you know what? But you know you you leave a job like that. Um, it, it had some trauma attached to it. It had men accusing uh, men accused of of abuse. You were called a whore. But at the end of the day, were you able to like extract any positive uh, sort of, you know, experience, um, not from them, but from yourself as a reaction to them when you left? Um, yeah, well, look, I think that I definitely, um, it kind of really solidified within myself that I've got, you know, like a good moral compass and mm. that I, you know, that... I can I can be like one if I'm standing next to them and this is not all of the people within the brethren but you know there is a majority of them if I'm standing next to them at least I know that I'm a bloody good person and um and that I'm not out here living my life every day destroying other people and I I kind of saw within myself I was like oh you know you know you can you can have doubts about who you are as a person, um, especially if, you know, you're having a bit of a tiff with someone and, but I kind of just know that I, that I am, I, I care about people really deeply. Um, but it, it also took me, it, it took me a while to kind of get to that point because I was trying to wade through all of the experiences that I'd been with and not knowing what to do with them because, you know, it's not every day that someone walks out of a job and just goes, well, I just worked for this like psycho cult. Um, and I don't know what, you know, he's like, let me tell you my stories. And so I, you know, I would tell my friends about it and we would just, you know, have a drink on it. And I'd be like, well, this is what happened at work this week. And, you know, it was kind of like this funny store, like these funny stories. And they had to be show. funny because it was, yeah. you know, otherwise yeah. it was traumatic. Yeah. Did um did you ever meet anybody that you worked with that was uh, a member of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, but that you could tell was just a really genuinely nice person that wasn't judgmental? Like, were there people like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was um it was actually there was a couple of girls that I was um working with, and they were only young. They would have been maybe eight years younger than me and they were really really lovely and I I used to laugh because we you know we we became quite close and we shouldn't have been like that's obviously not allowed but you know they would take my phone if I was going into a meeting and scroll through my Instagram and my um you know my Facebook and all my social media and you know listen to music that they weren't supposed to be listening to because they knew that I was never going to tell anyone I was never going to go to you know their managers and just say well guess what they've been doing I was encouraging and I was thinking look at the world that you're missing out on look at everything that you're yeah. you know and I remember the first post that they actually saw was on my Instagram I was following the hashtag um, woman crush Wednesday because it comes up with a lot of heavily tattooed women and I like okay. I think the images are great and this girl came up and she was like 
you know, very, very fake. Every implant, she had this, like, beautiful blue hair. And she, I she think she was just lying down, like, on the sand and she had, like, a wave kind of half crashing on her. And she was wearing, like, next to nothing. And that was the first photo they saw when they opened my Instagram. And they were both, oh, wow. like, staring at it. And you could see for a second they didn't know what to do with it. But then they were just like, ah. And I was like... <laughs> Yes, keep looking. <laughs> Indoctrinating them to the IG yeah. influencer world. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, and what are you doing today? Uh, like, so uh, I work in recruitment now um, yeah. in, in healthcare. So yeah, well, that's, that's different. There's no yeah. cults. <laughs> no cults. That's, that's refreshing. Well, listen, um, I always am fascinated at, uh, at, at, the world that exists outside of the world of the PBCC and, and the people, as I've been saying, that sort of nibble the edges of that. And um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. How long ago was it? Uh, like when, when did you quit that job? Uh, I think it was about six or seven years ago. I was actually trying to find, I did have my contract so that I would have the dates. I just can't, it, I just can't go back that far. I get too many emails, yeah. too many spam emails, but uh, yeah, it was about five, uh, yeah, six or seven years ago. It's been a while. Well, well, you seem you seem like you're, you're like you're, like you're great today, um, and, and I'm really happy that you were able to share your story with us because, I, 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 as I said, I'm I'm my I am bottomless when it comes to my interest in in listening to people talk about what it's like to be in the vicinity of people in this group, and um, yes. and, and you know you're 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 one of the stories out there that I find really compelling. So, Floss, I really appreciate your time, and thank you for joining us tonight on Black Ball. Oh, thank you so much. You have a good evening. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think I said this the other day. I, I would have lasted maybe ten minutes at that job. <laughs> the, the fact that Floss hung in there for a year and a half is is a testament to her not having the um, avalanche of flaws that I have. Uh, one of them being my inability to not have it written all over my face that I think you're a fucking psycho. <laughs> call me you know and at the same time i kind of you know there's a part of me that wishes uh someone would call me a whore once in a while but um <clears throat> for real though that that uh, the, the endurance that and the discipline that it would take is uh is is a testament to her so uh floss again thank you very much uh for joining us thursday tomorrow on blackballed one of my favorite lyricists and hip-hop artists of all time his name <clears throat> excuse me is sage francis and he will be here tomorrow at eight o'clock. I believe it's eight o'clock. I should probably check. Um, and guys, if you have not heard of Sage Francis, you need to go down a Sage Francis rabbit hole before the show tomorrow. Uh, it was the best of times. That's a great track. Uh, Makeshift Patriot is is one of the ones that he's known for. Uh, Escape Artist uh, is another one that he's known for. Do the deep dive. Listen to his B-sides. Um, he used to also be in the battle scene and, you know, battled some cats uh, from way back in the day in like the late nineties and stuff. So um, I am super stoked to have him on the show because we have, uh, as, as a lot of white boys do uh, who, who, you know, in, embraced hip hop culture as, as youngsters uh, we, we have that, that sort of cro uh, chronology of, of digging into the crates for the first time and then embracing it becoming sort of like this little elitist 
Like you don't know what real hip hop is like that guy. And then having to grow out of that and then reflecting on what you like about it and then becoming a lyricist and all this stuff. I can identify with this guy on so many different levels. So I can't wait for that. And then Friday, the triumphant return of casual Friday. And uh, yeah, so it should be fun. I'm not sure if we're going to have Spenny this time. I hope we are. I haven't asked him yet. Um, since uh, since since Ryan uh, left Cryer, it's been kind of weird because uh, you know I I had uh, I didn't have to arrange guests in a sense because you know if you wanted to come on you came on but now it seems like my guest is my co-host but either way Sage Francis tomorrow uh, Casual Friday and Friday so we will see you next time on Blackball. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.